Hey everybody, this is Eileen Email with In Phase In Tune with Autism Podcast. Here we'll discuss mindset, efforts to increase mind-body connection, and much more as it pertains to autism. My hope is that this information will reach those who need it and help provide a better understanding of the mind and body of someone with autism. Hey guys, so today you'll hear me interview Lou Blankenship. Lou is the owner and operator of Recliff. You've probably heard me talk about it before on before episodes, but it's a fitness-based therapy center in Atlanta, and it's where I've gotten a lot of my experience with working one-on-one, doing personal training workouts with people with autism, and also doing the letter board sessions. So Lou is the mom to Reese Blankenship, who you've probably also heard me talk about. He's a really good friend of mine. Reese has autism, and he's in his 20s, and he was the one who had the vision for Recliff, and he let his Lou and Jeff know this through letterboarding, and they made it happen, and thank God they did. I mean, this place is amazing. It's amazing, and I cannot wait for there to be more places like this around the United States and and around the world and it's just super needed people with autism need to have access to a place like this and a community like this like Recliff so this is a really special interview for me because I really credit Reese for putting me on my right now career path I really really do because before I met Reese I I was a behavioral therapist, so I looked at everything that had to do with autism and every every behavior of autism through a behavioral lens. That's four functions of behavior. So I I mean, looking at it from that lens, you can say that somebody's either doing something for attention or they're doing something to gain some type of tangible or they're doing something to escape a situation or escape you know, anything, or they're doing something because of something that's in the environment or something sensory wise. So that's the way I looked at things. And, and, you know, that information is definitely helpful and definitely true in a lot of ways. Um, but I got into a point in my career where I, I felt like there was more for me. I wanted something more for me, something more for my clients. And, and then the universe did its thing and provided (laughs) and uh I ended up going I got invited to go to Recliff before it was open to see what type of therapies and or um what type of sessions and programs they had there and that's when I saw Reese for the first time and so you know I see Reese I'm there um I was pregnant at the time I believe so yeah I'm there (laughs) just a little side note and um, you know, I see Reese, he's, you know, full blown autistic, you know, doing the normal things that I've seen my other clients do. Um, you know, just kind of walking around, making noises, jumping up and down here and there. And then, you know, he gets with his personal trainer at the time and he starts doing all these exercises. Like he's doing jumping jacks, like perfectly. He's doing box jumps. He's He's has even pace and he's so purposeful with all the things that he's doing. And then they're showing me all the different programs. They have like interactive metronome, which is keeping an even pace with the body to a beat. The fact that Reese was able to do all this, that's the first time I had ever seen somebody who was autistic like that do things like this. And then he's typing on the letter board and I was just completely freaking blown away. I was just like, I need... I need to get my hands on this. And so at that point, I was like, oh my God, I want to work here. (laughs) It happened so that I gave them my email and about a year later, they needed somebody and I got hired there. So, so lucky. And, and that's, you know, after I met Reese and after I worked at Recliff, that's when my mindset changed. And that's whenever I started growing and learning in a different direction. That's when I started to really take notice of my clients' behaviors and to look at their behaviors in a much deeper way. And I myself became more sensitive to the environment and could notice different things. And 
So I started noticing that lots of these movements are uncontrollable, either reflexive or impulsive. Like if I had to put a percentage on it, it'd be probably over like 75% of movements. And so in an autistic body, the brain can send the signal for purposeful movement, but it gets lost and it doesn't happen. So it's like an output problem. So I started looking at it this way. Um, instead of just looking at the four functions of behaviors, like I said before, that has definitely helped me in my sessions, but also recognizing that lots of movements are uncontrollable. And my goal is to help the client practice purposeful movement and build neural connections in order to think of a movement and then do it. And so that's where Lou and Reese like changed the game for me and, and helped me see, and, and all my clients at Reclip too. So I'm really excited for this interview, especially for my parents out there. Uh, Lou has been through it all and she is just the bomb and has a great perspective. So yeah, and uh, we did this recording in a office setting, so you'll hear quite a bit of editing. I edited out a lot of phone rings and stuff like that, but you'll get the gist. So enjoy, here's Lou Blankenship. Welcome Lou, thank you so much for being here. Lou Blankenship is the owner and operator of Recliff. She's the mom to Reese Blankenship, one of my really good friends. He's the creator and the vision man for Recliff. And Lou, you already know this. I feel super blessed to have known you guys. <laughs> yeah, and you guys just really opened my mind, opened my world. Reese has taught me so much. You have taught me so much. And I just feel like you have a lot to offer here. Um, and, and a good perspective, for sure. I mean, being being a parent of somebody with autism. So so first off, I want you to tell us a little bit about Recliff and how it came to be. And, and you can start wherever you want. Because <laughs> I know it's a long story. <laughs> yeah, you know, yes. Uh, so I'll, I'll try to keep this short and concise. Thank you for, um, thanks for having me do this. I appreciate your... Uh, words, but so Recliff was actually born via Reese right before he turned 20. Um, we had done therapy after therapy. He's a non-speaking autistic, as you know. We had done, you know, probably over 16 and a half years of ABA therapy. We had a home-based program. We did speech. We did PT. We did OT. We did vision therapy, we did light therapy, we did hearing therapy, we did pretty much everything. You know, we did the diets, um, but right before he aged out of high school, we were approached by a mom who was trying to get together a letter boarding workshop. Long story short, you know the story, we kind of inadvertently set Reese up for success because we were the first people that signed up for that letter boarding workshop. And he kind of blew us all away when he first was introduced to the letter boards. Pretty quickly, we all got on board and I had another mom who was, you know, very interested in the process as well because there were no letter board coaches or anything. Mm -hmm. So we decided we had to learn how to do this. And through that process, Reese has had a lot of wonderful therapists and helpers and then we've got great support from our family but he was quickly able to get on board on the boards with quite a few people mm -hmm. and he very quickly started spelling out things like I have a vision I want to open a center to help myself and other autistic at first we were kind of like oh my gosh aren't you so nice you know <laughs> ha 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 yeah and I had been a stay-at-home mom for 27 years but then the more he spelled things out, the more we kind of realized that this was actually a good business plan. And so we kind of got a good team together and we jumped in with both feet. And um, then Recliff was kind of born and mm -hmm. Recliff is Reese's, uh, you know, fitness-based therapy center. Again, everything about Recliff was designed or inspired by Reese from the decor to our mission statement. And um, yeah and the people who work here so nice mm -hmm. i kind of want to go back if you can tell the story about you know pre-letter board what you guys thought reese's intelligence level was if you can quickly go through how that whole situation happened the whole experience with 
Elizabeth because he was spelling with Elizabeth Bossler, right? Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to hear that story. I mean, so, I mean, with Reese, he was our third child. Of course, he was our only boy. We kind of knew around age two, two and a half that he wasn't responding to us the way that the girls did. Back then, you know, we didn't know anybody who had a a autism diagnosis. We didn't know anybody in our families. We didn't know any friends or anything. Mm -hmm. That was back in 19... 94 wow and there just it wasn't as common as it is now mm-hmm. back then it was i think one in every 256 and now it's like and now one it's in one in every 54? 48 oh 48 mm-hmm. wow yeah yeah so we kind of say now that reese is on the crest of that wave mm-hmm. that was just right. you know there's a few on the top of the wave and there's a whole bunch coming behind them yeah we questioned the doctors, and the doctors were like, oh, it's a boy thing, mm. or oh, it's a youngest thing. Really? The girls are probably talking for him. So it was more something that we really kind of pushed for because mm-hmm. he just, again, he just didn't seem to be responding like the girls did. Right. Um, and we knew he could hear, but he acted like he couldn't understand sometimes, like, we would talk, call his name and he wouldn't turn around and look at us. But yet mm-hmm. Barney would come on the TV and he'd come running from wherever he was. Because at first we were like, oh, maybe we should get his ears tested. Uh-huh. Anyway, it took a while to actually get... we And really to this day, we he doesn't have a quote-unquote autism diagnosis. What? Really? He had a delayed speech diagnosis. Uh-huh. And then when we took him to took him to the Marcus Autism Center. They were also very new at that time. Wow. I'm going to look up when they actually came to be because yeah. it wasn't wasn't much before right, that. Right, kind of recent, yeah. And the doctor, I won't name her name right now, but basically they watched Reese interact for about maybe 15 or 20 minutes. They turned and looked at us and said, developmental disorder not otherwise specified mm-hmm. we think he has pdd nos mom you got a lot of work to do and then they turned around and walked out God. and jeff and i kind of liken that situation to being told hey your kid has cancer figure it out right we'll see you later because luckily at that time i have a husband who's very very into science and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff and so he we went straight to the emory medical school library Mm, and took gosh. out every book we we could find on PDD and OS. And mm-hmm. it was only after we started researching that we understood the connection between that and, and autism. autism. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's, oh, wow. how, that's how that came to be. But right. then, mm-hmm. you know, going back to when he was younger, you know, we always included him in our family. He always... We always thought he was smarter than they told us he right. was, especially as he got older, mm-hmm. because he would respond to certain things mm-hmm. in more of an appropriate manner, and like he'd maybe laugh at an inside joke or yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. And so, and again, it was as he got older and older, sometimes either my husband and I or my daughters mm-hmm. or some of his therapists, we'd kind of look at each other and go, He's smart. He's smarter than they're telling us yes, he is. Yes, right. But still, were you kind of? I mean, I think I feel like you did such a good job of, like you said, including Reese and just like you know, giving him the same bar as your other kids, I guess. Because well, and I think with us, it was easier. Um, I feel blessed that he was our third. Yeah. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and that he has the older siblings, mm-hmm. especially one of his siblings is only. 13 months older than him so just by virtue of that fact alone Mm -hmm. he was he had to be drug around to a lot of different places like we you know he had to keep up uh, yeah and there (laughs) were times that like I remember one time he was like messing with the light switch and he was like trying to Mm -hmm. and and I look back now and I was like oh I wonder if he was trying to get some OCD on us where you have to flip the light switch a Uh certain number of times but I was like no 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 uh uh-uh we don't have time for that (laughs) we're we're out the door you say you said if they if you don't want them doing it 17 don't mm-hmm. let them do it when they're seven right because mm-hmm. you're dealing with bodies that are not controlled completely by the mind oh absolutely so mm-hmm. i think that's great advice for parents 
you, you feel bad to a certain extent as a parent, I'm sure. And so you kind of want to let them do what comforts them, but you have to put that aside, right? And say, well, let's do what's best for well, your future. Well, and I need to give credit where credit is due because mm -hmm. um, that that is from a wonderful OT that we had who is also a family friend. And she basically said, if you don't want them yeah. doing something when they're 17 and bigger than you, yeah, don't let them do it when they're so with with what I was saying about Trudy being so helpful and giving me such good advice about you know like if you don't want him to do it when he's 18 don't let him do it now mm -hmm. um, it also gave me permission as a parent to treat him like I treated my other kids mm -hmm. and not make him sp special air mm -hmm. quotes in that you know he, I can say no I can tell him yeah. you know I can redirect him and while it was definitely more challenging, there were a lot of things that were, you know, was very helpful stopping him from doing in the beginning. You know, one thing that comes to mind a lot because I've talked to a lot of parents that have problems with this is, you know, we didn't let our older kids come into the bed with us and sleep with us. Right. They had to stay in their beds. Right. So while it was challenging, mm -hmm. we made Reese stay in bed. And, you know, we taught all our kids, if you need us, yell, we'll come to your room. Oh. Um, and Reese actually even learned how to, you know, make noises that had us come to his room wow. so now the older he is I'm so very thankful that we were able to get that because I do talk to a lot of parents that are challenged by oh my kid's 11 and he still sleeps in bed with us right and right if you can take care of that in the beginning I mean that's everything you need your rest right and they right need their rest mm -hmm. yeah so so just those kind of little tidbits that I learned we we had some great great therapist early on we were very much having to piecemeal everything together because there was just there was no resources when right. race was given the pdd nos diagnosis i told you my husband and i read just a bunch of books i read the let me hear your voice book mm -hmm. that touted the sunrise program and mm -hmm. then through that we found aba a lot of the stuff that we were reading though was oh there's no hope Wow. The kid's never going to get better. Oh it, they're probably going to be institutionalized. You'd look back and think in 20 years. Look how much. How far we've and, come. Right, right. So but, true. Mm -hmm. So we found the Lovos method and mm -hmm. ABA. They were only doing it out of California. We then signed him up. We had to wait. 10 months or so for them mm -hmm. to fly out mm -hmm. to Atlanta. And then they... They did. How old was he at this time? He was almost four okay. by the time we got our ABA, our home-based ABA program. Gotcha. And, you know, again, insurance didn't pay for anything. It was all out of pocket. So That's insane. Um, I mean, I'm just very thankful we had the resources to be able to. Right. And my husband is very unselfishly very giving, and mm -hmm. we gave up a lot of things as a family to make sure that Reese had what, had he, what needed. he needed. And with all of the therapy, what was the most helpful and what wasn't? Well, one thing we kind of, it, that kind of has segued into part of what we do at Recliff, but mm -hmm. we realized really early on that Reese had a need for a lot of sensory. And so even though he wasn't, our doctor never said anything about, oh, he needs physical therapy. He never said anything about that. No, no. Mm -mm. Wow. they didn't talk about physical therapy because Reese was very clearly a physical person. Yes, but <laughs> yeah. and Reese was very cool, very coordinated. Yeah, but there was a lot of things that he couldn't do, mm -hmm. and now we're finding out that a lot of these kids can do stuff like yeah. they can run, they can jump. But they can't necessarily do it on command. Right. It's that initiation of movement. Right? right. Like that just doesn't happen for them. They might be saying in their head, all right, I want to get up and go to the bathroom. Or, you know, I want to do this box jump. But you but, just can't. But you can't organize yeah. your body. And, right. And, you know, I look back at some of the things. One of when he had his arena evaluation at, at the school system we mm -hmm. were in, there was four steps going up and down. Mm -hmm. And Reese kept going over there and again he was like four years old at the mm -hmm. time and he'd 
climb up the steps and jump off the top, climb up the steps and jump off the top, <laughs> driving everybody crazy because he was little. But he, so we, we took him away from there, finally got him redirected. Mm-hmm. And then there was a point in the evaluation that they said, Reese, can you climb the steps? And he didn't do he it. Didn't do it yeah. So they wrote mm-hmm. down, cannot climb steps. It's like, well, no, he, he can. And, and that was when I really started questioning mm-hmm. everything that was being told to us about so autism. I wanted to ask you, so did you always question? Because now we know Reese is super intelligent. Now we know mind-body disconnect. We understand that. All these years, people were telling you, this is his intelligence level. This is what he understands. So did you always question it? That's kind of a a long answer, but yes and no. Because at that time, I was more questioning the people Mm -hmm. who were doing the test. I was questioning their intelligence, to be honest. You You sat here and watched him 20 times. Right, right. But then your answer on this evaluation is that he can't can't do do it. Right. And Jeff and I had a big conversation on the way home from, because they would not change that answer. And we and had a big conversation it. on the way home about how do you watch somebody do something mm-hmm. and then say they can't do it mm-hmm. in retrospect. Right. I would have like definitely challenged that a little bit more, mm-hmm. but you know, we were young parents too. Absolutely. We didn't and you're trying to follow the experts and right. you know, yeah. But but yeah, we definitely again I was questioning their intelligence yeah. a lot by saying, Wow, you you're not you're not looking yeah and you're not testing it accurately yes can he climb up there on command well no he didn't but can he climb up there yeah he has the physical ability to do so right yeah right they also checked him off as um low muscle tone and i was like this is a kid who does the monkey bar yes (laughs) Like and when and when he was younger, like he was doing the monkey bar. It wasn't and like skinny and scraggly. No, he? I'm like looking at Reese. He's just like built. As yes. Ever. Yeah. And all my neighbors used to when we had a little play group. My kid and Reese and Darren are only 13 months apart. Mm-hmm. They were both like doing the monkey bars, balancing on the balance beams, all yeah. this other stuff, and we really, really started questioning because we were like, that was a that was a quote unquote like symptom or that's one of the things that mm. was typical mm-hmm. of autism was low muscle tone mm-hmm. but we kept saying well you're just kind of trying to put him in this box right right you're trying to make him fit into what you think it should be right yeah and it's not that I questioned that he had autism but I questioned how they were determining right that he had autism that makes complete sense yeah so mm-hmm. yeah it was uh, it's been kind of an interesting. Wow! But now that we know what we know, right? I I look back even more and, and go, like, wow, right, that's, right, yeah. And that's why I'm so glad we're doing this because hopefully we can catch people who were in your phase at the beginning. Even though there's more resources now, but hopefully the people who need to hear this will listen and start asking questions and know, you know, not put extreme limits on their kids. Right. Um, right. And it's this whole. I. I it's kind of like the zero tolerance thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People have stopped using common sense in a lot of things because it's either black or white. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? It's he can still have autism, but he can have muscle tone and he right. can do this. You put 10 kids with autism in a room, as you well know, <laughs> yes. even from being here just on a day-to-day basis. Oh my God, yes. They are so, I mean. So different. We have kids that are verbal, kids that are completely Mm nonverbal. We have kids that have very low muscle tones. We have kids that are super strong. Right. Um, Some kids have problems with balance. Some kids are like crazy able to balance. So Yeah, it's all mixed up. Yeah, Mm -hmm. completely. Some individual basis. Some kids have super sound sensitivity. Mm Mm-hmm. Some people don't like, like you know, it's Some, just, it's, yeah. it's just all different. All different. Mm-hmm. Right. So always treat your child as an individual for sure. Absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you didn't know at that time Reese was comprehending everything around him. Can you tell me about the moment where you guys found out, whoa, Reese is, Reese is here. He's been taking everything in. After he was aging out of high school, we kind of looked around at what was offered to him. There was really nothing at that time there's still not that much 
but again he's in that front wave right. so there was nothing but basically glorified babysitting and you know having two older siblings we kind of were like ah this cannot be the end for him like this can't be what's the end mm-hmm. i ran across a lady um through an email chain and she said something about she was um, trying to get people together for a letter board workshop because her daughter had gone to Texas and done a letter board workshop with Soma mm-hmm. and was now spelling stuff. Mm-hmm. She had find, found this speech therapist out of Virginia, Elizabeth Vossler, mm-hmm. who was um, starting traveling, teaching letter boards. So I, I met her at Chick-fil-A. Her and I ended up sitting there for a couple hours talking. Wait, and this is Elizabeth or the person? No, this was um, Susie who was setting up the the workshop. And she basically said, you know, and I was like, you know what? I don't know that Reese is as smart as your daughter because her daughter's like was super intelligent and Mm -hmm. she was like 11 at the time and Mm -hmm. spelling all sorts of, you know, stuff about the universe and things. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, Mm -hmm. but I bet Reese could learn somewhat. And and at that point, Mm -hmm. you know, as a parent of a non-speaking child, all you do, you pray a lot about, I just want to know if he can tell me if if he's hurt or not feeling well or needs something. So I'm still kind of hoping for just some way for him to have just some basic communication. Right. Susie was bringing Elizabeth here. Um, she was like, I need five five families that'll do $1,000 a piece, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? Sign us up. We'll, we'll do it. Yeah. And since we were the first family that signed up and she was still trying to um, get people interested, we kind of incorporated some of the stencils the letter stencils into our aba program Mm -hmm. and we basically for about three months we worked with reese on you know touch the letter b touch Mm -hmm. the letter l touch Mm -hmm. the letter k touch the letter you know and just so we inadvertently set him up because we taught him Mm -hmm. the the muscle, purpose, the, the motor, muscle memories, the motor planning. Yeah, the yeah. motor planning yeah. to be able to touch the letters. So, when Reese's story is a bit unique, mm-hmm. because typically he had like the motor planning, right? There. Yeah, and typically when somebody gets introduced to the letter board, they, they don't to, have the yeah, motor planning. They have to learn it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So because we had done three months for of three training, months. yes, he was set up for great success. Mm-hmm. Again, this was totally inadvertent. We had no idea what we were doing. So we go to the letter board workshop. She got five people to go. Everybody knew Graciela could spell. She got in there and spelled. You know, there was another kid that did it. And, you know, by the end of the session, he was starting to touch letters Mm -hmm. that made sense and everything. She brings Reese in. Jeff and I are standing behind them watching because they're filming the whole thing. I've got videos of everything probably should give them to you yeah you totally um want to see and she was just talking to Reese and she says oh Reese you know we're gonna do a lesson on astronomy mm-hmm. do you know anything about astronomy and Reese spells out Copernicus advocated that the earth revolves around the sun oh my god and then he turned around <laughs> and he looked right at Jeff and I like there you go. And Jeff and I were sitting there, and I there, I kind of was like, wait, who's Copernicus? <laughs> and Jeff was like, oh, my God, Reese is a genius. Um, anyway, so that was kind of our mic drop oh moment. God. There was so many tears. She went on and did the whole lesson. Reese yeah. was just spelling yeah. like you know tomorrow yeah i was sobbing jeff was probably even had a tear in his eyes and he's (laughs) a guy that doesn't cry and i remember thinking they were live streaming this to a group of um teachers and therapists and other family members and and uh, the family members of the other spellers Mm -hmm. and i remember I was trying so hard to like wipe my face and act like I wasn't crying. <laughs> and when we walked out, literally Everyone. 80% of the people were, were sobbing oh my out gosh. there. So it was one of those just such a life-changing moment. But it was, 
I really feel like that Reese being able to like hit it so hard right. stunned everybody in the yeah. community that was yeah. there and helped solidified, wow, this is really a thing. Right. And I credit Reese with, you know, basically starting the movement because when you watch somebody who goes from zero to a hundred. Right. In like that. Like that. Mm-hmm. And again, we had set him up for success. Right. So a lot of people kind of think, oh, well, if he did it that quick. But you've got to know the backstory about oh, yeah. what mm-hmm. all the work that was put into it. Right. To get him to that. Right, right. He, I mean, he probably sat through 20 to 30 hours a week of touching A and B on right, the board. Right, right. You know, so he already had that in there. And knowing Reese, he's what? a pretty coordinated person already. Wait, I'm going to sit here and figure this out. Because he was doing probably Three 30, 30 minutes a session. And he was probably doing four sessions a day. So you're mm-hmm. talking about two hours a day mm-hmm. um, for three months. Yeah. That would be 60, 90, 120. So, I mean... 120 times what did we say two hours a day two hours a day yeah so he did probably 240 hours so he had put the work yeah in for the motor plan yeah already and so for him i mean he had to do it in such a boring way but i guess he bared with you guys like touch uh, we, a touch z yeah <laughs> but but again we were just uh, but you didn't know n- yeah. yeah and the thing is is at at that point you know now we know he had been doing ABA for years and years and years and years. Mm-hmm. So anytime we introduced a new program, he was happy to do, do a new program. Yeah. So, and yes, while it was super elementary, mm-hmm. I think, you know, we always kind of talked to him about what we were doing and yeah. why we were doing stuff, which, you know, in retrospect was one of the greatest things that we like, did. Do you mean you always referred to him as if he was there and included him type thing? Yeah. Because yeah. I, I will hear, I mean, I've now been with hundreds of families that I've worked with their kids. They would say he or she when they're sitting like right there. And right. I, mean, I understand it. I did it too. I worked in clinic. I do feel like you guys always just like included Reese. I just see it so much. Well, but you know, and I will say that, that sometimes we did, you know, we we probably did talk to him like he mm-hmm. wasn't in the room, you right. know, or talk around, around him. him. about him. But we also did, Reese was one of those that, as a parent, I always felt like, for example, like one of the things, him and Darren went to the same, <clears throat> him and Darren went to the same school. Mm-hmm. But he came home earlier than she did because we were doing so much ABA. Mm-hmm. But there were times that I would have to put him in the car to go pick her up. Mm-hmm. And we, we would pull into the school and he would start crying. And I think he thought he was going to go back into the school. There were a couple of times there that he would have to go back into the school for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. But I realized early on that if I would tell him what we were doing, like, Reese, we're just going to pick up Darren. You're not going to have to go. Right. You're not going to have to get out. Yeah. Then, then he would be he yeah. would be completely fine. Hmm. And so we realized that by by letting him know mm-hmm. that he he wouldn't freak out. Right. You know, and even stuff like getting a haircut or doing mm-hmm. something like if we told him beforehand. Yeah. He acted completely different than if he, we were just surprising him all the time. Yeah, right, right. So, you know, on one hand, yeah, that was a big clue that he was understanding, understanding way yeah. more. Um, again, if you can't tell, I'm kind of a talker. <laughs> and so I just, you know. You I, just talked about I just what talked. was going on. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we we knew kind of early on so we were telling him you know reese we're going to try this new letterboarding thing mm-hmm. <clears throat> we're going to just throw it in there blah 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 bear with us I you know what he was thinking. and yeah <laughs> so so yeah he definitely very elementary and even now when we do some of these lessons mm-hmm. when we're working on tactile things mm-hmm. we're like reese you know work with us we're trying to Always, especially yeah. if we're trying to help another communication partner get there or something right, right. you know mm-hmm. he knows mm-hmm. i really like how you created a community for reese where growing up during his weekly schedule you didn't have just aba therapist or physical therapist working with him you had 
kids from the neighborhood and kids that were in his grade working with him during the week. And now I've worked with so many families and I don't typically see that. And I just think it's so cool because these kids that have worked with Reese growing up are now lifelong friends. You know? Again, so. that was just <laughs> desperation. desperation. I don't know. Because um, we realized very early on, 40 hours of ABA a week, number one, it's a lot. And number two, it's super expensive yeah. to pay for professionals. Mm-hmm. And so, and I... You know, I jumped in there and I was doing as much as I could while my girls were in school, but then they were also involved in extracurricular activities, needed people to drive them. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of, again, it's just, luckily, luckily, Mm -hmm. I just was like, oh, let me get this teenager to come over. You know, when Reese was younger, I would get like some 16-year-old teenagers Mm -hmm. who wanted a job but maybe you know I remember some of my first kids were um it was a really good friend of our son he was Mm -hmm. 16 years old he played soccer he had a real weird schedule Mm -hmm. but he had a couple hours throughout the week that Mm -hmm. he had available and I was like hey those are the hours that work good for me right right can you come over I'll pay you I don't know, I think it was maybe $8 an hour yeah. back then. I'll pay you $8 an hour yeah. if you'll play with him yeah, to keep him engaged. Because mm-hmm. um, that was, you know, one of the things, you know, I love that keeping you him engaged. Keeping yeah. him keeping engaged. Him engaged. Keeping him active. I just, I just love that. And now I feel like Reese all this team of friends, you know. But, and then what worked out so good, and again, we've been so blessed. Yeah. We live in a great com- community. Mm-hmm. But then through that... Kyle had a brother, his brother wanted it, his brother was a couple years younger, he had friends, blah, 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 the friends would come in, Mm -hmm. Um, and then when they would leave, you know, those kids would pretty much stay with me through high school, and when they'd leave, they'd they'd refer somebody else who was in in high school, and again, we have a great community, and I know that that's unusual, Mm -hmm. but I will, I was actually on the phone with... um, a person the other day whose kid was young, mm-hmm. three-year-old, just diagnosed with autism. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Find your people. Find your people. Start your yeah. neighborhood kids. Mm-hmm. You know, bring them in. Have them play with her. It's, I, I know, because she was saying, oh, well, I can't afford it. Pay them $10 an hour and right. have them play with her for a couple hours. Yeah. Just, even if that just gives you some sanity breaks. Right, exactly. It gives you sanity breaks. It keeps them engaged. And it's like inclusion. It's like it's introducing this kid to, you know, a world that Mm -hmm. we're living in now. You you also got to remember, too, that back then there were not ABA therapists. Yeah. They were all out in California. Yeah, that's true. Then they then they opened a place in New Jersey. And so we started working with the people from New Jersey. Oh, really? And so they would come and they'd train us. Mm Mm-hmm. And our people. Mm-hmm. So, so you got, even though they were teenagers, you got them trained. we were getting them trained or we were training wow. them. Right, right. And, you know, especially for a little kid, ABA is not hard. It's very repetitive and yeah. it's over and oh, over. Yeah. But as long mm-hmm. as somebody would tell us, like, these are the programs to do, right? people can do that. And right. then, then it just so happened that, you know, because as Reese got older... Mm-hmm. He got closer to the age, you know, first, you know, we always had like 16, 17, 18 year olds working with him mm-hmm. from the school. Well, then when he was in high school, mm-hmm. those kids were his age. Right, right. And like Riley and him are in the same grade. Yeah. They grew up in the same neighborhood and Matt's a year older than him. So those kids also were around our house because they were friends with my other Your daughter. Other, yeah. And... So they just formed a bond with him. I just love that. Because yeah. they, were at, they were at school with him. Mm-hmm. You know, and Darren even will say, too, it was kind of a, a funny a, a joke. Mm-hmm. She, luckily, she doesn't get embarrassed easy or anything, <laughs> but she said there'd be times she'd be sitting in middle school mm-hmm. and she'd hear Reese coming down the hall <laughs> making his noises, and she's like, yep, that's my brother. That's my brother. <laughs> but... So did all the other kids. Right. And it's like you had a luckily, bunch of brothers and sisters. Well, and yeah. luckily a lot of these kids were they were 
some of the athletes mm. and some of the, you know, they were on student council and mm. stuff like that. And so if you have kids like that that are on your side, yeah, then you get looked at a little bit differently as yeah. a special ed kid. Absolutely, so. absolutely. And while we're talking about that, so Reese's tagline for ReCliff is changing the conversation around autism. So can you explain to me what his idea behind that is? Well, so he did say that, you know, a lot of times when he was not with us or when he was at school and people would be talking, Mm -hmm. he would hear a lot of negativity Mm. and a lot of it surrounded was, was centered on what he couldn't do. You know, he can't be included in this. He can't talk. He can't do this. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, going back to us being able to find the letter boards, Mm -hmm. he had been in high school, one of his things, tasks that he did in school was he worked in the lunchroom Mm -hmm. and the lunchroom ladies thought it was great because he could fill up the yogurts (laughs) and he could put the milks and they said, oh my gosh, he's so precise. He does it so good, blah, blah, blah. We just had to show him a few times and now he does it. Mm -hmm. So I kind of was thinking, okay, good. He can go into the work-based program after he graduates Mm -hmm. and they can teach him to stock shelves or something like that. Mm Well, then when it came, and he had proven that he could do it, mm-hmm. then it came time to actually place him in the workplace program, and they were like, oh, wait, he's non-speaking. He can't be in our work-based program. So then they put him back into the the very low, what, you know, I hate the high-low functioning really, and yeah, all that Yeah, and I know stuff. people say it without knowing if you understood autism right high and low functioning doesn't make sense (laughs) right so they put him back into the low functioning and when you know the place that that was available to him when we went and visited i mean those are kids that there are some kids that are in hospital beds and on feeding tubes and things like that Mm -hmm. here's reese who is strong and, so and healthy, so and, many ways. but he can't talk. But he can't talk. So he's got to yeah. be in that group. And yeah, um, it's it's neat. It needs to. It's come a long way, but it needs to come a long oh, yeah. way. Like mm-hmm. you guys are still at the forefront of what is possible. You know. Yeah, and I don't even know what they offer anymore. Uh, you know. I'm kind of one of those. I'm looking ahead. Yeah. Somebody was you at. The, you do just lead the way. I mean, y'all are doing something right with Reese for sure. Well, somebody was asking me the other day, oh, have you read this article? Or, and I was like, you know what? No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, and I feel like with Reese, there was a time in my life that I was doing so much research and we were doing every new thing, you know. Oh, when the gluten-free diet came out, like mm-hmm. we tried that. We tried the gluten-free and the casein-free, and we did all the biomedical testing, and we did, you know, the secretin when it came out. Wow. We did the light therapy. We did, like, we tried everything, and we were all not, you know, reading and stutter, studying and everything every else. Thing. And now I'm kind of to the point that I'm like, yeah, no. Let's relax it. mm -hmm. Let's relax it. Let's focus on our purposeful movement training. and Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of purposeful movement training, so I know you talked about how you have Reese's whole clock set up for him to dress himself. Can you, because I feel like these are practical things that other parents can use. But also, I mean, talk about the work you had to put in by, you know, prompting, 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 and then fading back. So... We know that eventually, you know, his dad and I aren't going to be around, and we want to make it as his life as easy for him uh-huh. and for and our daughters, who's going right. to probably be the one taking care of him. And the other thing is, Reese likes to have a little bit of independence. Yeah. So, especially after he started spelling, we just were like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna hit this hard. We're gonna work hard. Right, because when he starts spelling, now you know he's intelligent and what he comprehends. That takes it to a whole nother level. Right. You know, but you have to change everything about Yeah, we had literally changed everything. Yeah. And did it one thing at a time. I've I've talked to you about the food issues. You know, mm-hmm. he used to have, you know, we called ketchup a vegetable because that was the only thing. He would not put a vegetable or a fruit in his mouth wow. unless it was like a dried mm-hmm. fruit. French fries, chicken nugget, pizza, corn dogs, mm-hmm. Pop-Tarts. That was about his diet. 
then he said, you know, I want to eat healthier. It was a long, drawn out. And here mm-hmm. we are f- six years later. Mm-hmm. We're still working through mm-hmm. a lot of sensory issues with that. But now the kid eats steak and asparagus yeah. and lettuce. Mm-hmm. He loves salads. He, the only thing, and the thing is, you have to be able to communicate because mm-hmm. he hates fish he hates tomatoes uh-huh. doesn't like mushrooms mm-hmm. but he treated those just like he treated everything when he was first learning to get through the sensory problems mm-hmm. so you know that has been a six-year ordeal although right. after about a year of working with certain things he's He's so much better. Oh, yeah. But, mm-hmm. you know, so that was that was a challenge. And right. then, you know, he he always took, he likes taking a bath at night mm-hmm. because it calms him. A lot of these kids with autism say they have a hard time feeling their body in space. Mm-hmm. So I think, especially all these parents say, oh, my kid loves to swim or something mm-hmm. like that, or they like deep pressure. I feel like those are the kids that also have a hard time feeling their body in space so -hmm. he takes a bath Mm -hmm. but my husband used to always just wash him down wash his hair and everything else Mm -hmm. took probably about a year Mm -hmm. of race you know and first again you got to start with hand over hand Mm -hmm. let me help you pour the shampoo let me help you open it let me this is how you scrub your hair because of course at first he was just doing right you know, patting it on. So you have to physically, hand over hand, do the motor planning with him. Right. And you have to do it every day. Every day. Yeah. And then, and then you kind of step back Mm -hmm. and do some visual prompts where you're Mm -hmm. like, Reese, come on, do this. You know, Mm -hmm. now my husband is still up there. Half the time. Check on him. Yeah. Half the time we just kind of let him be now. Mm -hmm. And go and tell him, okay, let's get out. Let's let's keep going. Like just to give him like, some verbal prompts. Like it's verbal prompts for him to initiate his yes. body to just do it. Right. Right. But so now he can. He still can't put the water in by himself because my that's that's a our house problem, it's not a his problem. Yeah. <laughs> tricky I have a hard situation. time getting the right yeah. the right temperature, but. You know, but for him to be able to take that 30 minutes, be in the bathtub, wash himself. Right. And then my husband will go up and say, come on, Reese, let's get out. Let's dry off. Going back to your original questions. So we have his room set up Mm -hmm. to where his underwear are in one drawer, his socks are in another drawer, his pajama bottoms are here, Mm -hmm. his pajama tops are here, his t-shirts are here, and then... In his closet, Reese Reese's uniform is basically athletic shorts, yeah, and either a long sleeve dry fit shirt or a short sleeve dry fit shirt. That's his, you know, uniform of the day. Mm-hmm. He now, like in the morning when he gets up, goes to the bathroom. He brushes his teeth. He washes his hands, brushes his teeth, with just verbal prompting. Verbal prompts, okay. And then I'll say, you know, go get ready and put your spray on. He. He puts foot spray on. He puts his deodorant on. Mm-hmm. He knows which drawers his underwear is always in. Gets mm-hmm. underwear. The way his closet is set up, we have his shorts. We, he has three shelves. Mm-hmm. His shorts are on one shelf. Mm-hmm. And he's got Under Armour on one side and Nike on the other because mm-hmm. you don't want to mix the two. <laughs> Agreed. And, Agreed. And in the middle, it's like any kind of miscellaneous, if we have any miscellaneous. So mm-hmm. then above it mm-hmm. are the long sleeve t-shirts. Again, Under Armour, miscellaneous, Nike. Mm-hmm. And then below the shorts are the short sleeve t-shirts. And so, you know, so, we'll, we'll yeah. talk about, you know... Oh, this is the weather today. Blah blah blah. Make sure you get a long sleeve right. shirt or whatever. I like that. And so he knows that whichever side mm-hmm. or whichever area of shorts he gets, right? He goes either above it to get a long sleeve or below it to get a short sleeve. And so now he can pick out pick out his the clothes. clothes, and that's like an mm-hmm. independent thing that he does. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I know it takes organization and planning with keeping the motor plan correct, and so he can visually get it that way, but. 
how awesome is that? Mm-hmm. So I hope people will hear and think, I can I can try that, you know? Yeah. Again, it takes a long, yeah. long time. Don't give up on the purposeful movement. And a lot of hand over hand. Mm-hmm. At first, you can't just tell. This is a thing people, a lot of times, especially when kids start spelling, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, my kid's intelligence. I'll just tell him now what to do. Mm. You can tell them. That's the, but until they get the purposeful right. motor. Motor, yeah. And that's what's so hard for people to conceptualize. The kid types, I, I want to eat healthier. I want to eat salad. And then you bring him a salad, and then he throws it on the ground. Right. Okay? Because, because an autism body, a lot of times, acts off of impulse and reaction. Right. So it's like the second he you know, sees the salad or puts it to his mouth and spits it out, like that is bodily reactions that he cannot control. Right. And that's, what, so, that's exactly what happened when he started trying to eat a salad mm-hmm. and luckily we had the board and he we, I had a, a very wonderful um, young lady who was working with us who's now eventually has gone through OT school but she was at that time still in college but Reese was literally chewing it gagging mm. spitting it out mm. but then spelling please please like, I'm so sorry mm. please keep helping me mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was one of those just, this is so weird. Yeah. Like, this it, is, it was probably a moment for you, like, Absolutely. Whoa. Yeah. It, um, it, you can't always and then look all at the, the body su- and listen to the body. And at the time, too, he kept saying, French fries, French uh, fries, Chick-fil-A. French fries. <laughs> and we're like, you said you wanted a salad. Exactly. He was like, I do, I do. And, um, and that's what I think people, have, like, don't understand. Like, please understand that a lot of times the verbal loops are just learned verbal loops right and it'll just come out it's not purposeful uh-huh you know? and once you spend enough time with somebody you will you will notice oh this was purposeful this was not purposeful. oh yeah we found that there are a couple like barney songs or mm-hmm. disney songs that reese will sing mm-hmm. that if you really think about it he's trying to get something across mm. but it's <laughs> not necessarily you know like there's a Barney song, riding in the car, riding yes, in the car, yes. we love riding in the car. And when he would break into that, mm-hmm. that was our cue, oh, he's ready to go. Yeah. he's He's got to go. Right. Um, and it was like what his brain could like give to you, what his body could give to you guys to let you know. Right. You know, the closest thing he could find. And I know it's it's really interesting. I, I know a little girl like that, and she has all these things for what she's trying to say. Like right. If she wants you to stop, she'll be like, the end, the end, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And even like if we're, if we're driving, you know, on a road trip or something, and we start saying, you know, McDonald's, McDonald's, mm-hmm. McDonald's. He doesn't necessarily want to go to McDonald's. He's just hungry. He's hungry, yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad you're explaining that because for a parent who hasn't been through it, who hasn't been through the whole letter board and spelling thing, you know, they're thinking, you know, what they see is what's actually happening, but it's really just outside body stuff. Right. And I don't know why. I mean, I do know why it's so hard to grasp, but you have to, like, put yourself, like, just because, let's say I'm being quiet, okay, and I'm thinking something. You have no idea what I'm thinking. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you have to know it's just outside body stuff. Right. Abs- yeah. It's so mm-hmm. hard. Do, do you have any advice for getting past that? <laughs> <laughs> well, again, it was, it's been so eye-opening to be able to discuss some of these things with Reese mm. um, and just talk to him about, like, why are you, say- like, why are you saying that? Right. Um. And you know, some he'll he even said, I don't even freaking like McDonald's that much. <laughs> right. Exactly. But it was easy for me to say. Yeah. And it was also there's a lot of cues out there for McDonald's because, you know, you'll see a billboard or something mm-hmm. like that or a sign. And that'll just um, they'll just bring it up right. out of the mouth. Yeah. So um but but yeah, it's it's learning that you just don't Trust. Don't don't listen to a lot of what they're saying, mm-hmm. um, especially these kids that only have a very limited mm-hmm. vocabulary. Mm-hmm. And even we've got some kids here that have it more extensive vocabulary, 
But then when they start spelling on the boards, Mm -hmm. what they're spelling on the boards is so much more insightful and intelligent than what's coming out of their mouth. Because it's that motor problem. Like, it's not allowing them to, right, not allowing them to actually say what they're actually thinking. It's very, like, short-winded and, like, very, like, rote. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I would say, too, like, a lot of my clients say, like, don't trust their, like, yes and no's, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's definitely something to think about. If you're just hearing about this, I would definitely think about that and, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Let's see. Is there anything else? But, yeah, working on the, you know, going back to Reese's, you know, being able to pick out his clothes and doing, yeah. you know, the back. Working on that purposeful movement and helping them learn how to move their body. You know, we, we, one of the things with special fit and interactive metronome and fit light Mm -hmm. that work on those brain body connections, like if anything, Mm -hmm. work on, work on connecting that brain body stuff and physical movement is always great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we, we were talking about Reese not being, you know, prescribed physical therapy, but we saw very early on that when he had a good hour of physical mm-hmm. work, mm-hmm. that he was able to calm his body down a little bit more. He felt, but you know, we he could just he tell he felt better. For so we just kind of jumped on the physical therapy bandwagon really early. Oh, yeah. And he did five days a week of physical therapy. Wow. Back when physical therapy wasn't even a thing for autism. I'm sure that helped him so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and it also helped having a sister who was only 13 months older and she was a very creative physical therapist who was young and mm-hmm. just kind of getting started. And he was like, hey, Darren, come model this for Reese right. and let's do this. And mm-hmm. so they made it a big play, interactive play date and um i love that yeah yeah we again we had a lot of blessings in our lives in terms of just how things you know worked it seems like you guys did it just seems like you have such a good community and i mean like reese is just he's just like a presence man like he is like a legend (laughs) like he walks in a room and you're just like whoa um so i'm just i'm just so happy to have learned from him because yeah, I mean, I've told you this from, from before. Like, day one, when I saw Reese doing the demos in Recliff, like, if I could have, like, ran around and be like, oh, my God, do y'all believe this? I can't believe what's happening. Because at the time, I was working at a clinic, and, like, man, I mean, we put limits on those kids. Like, so many limits. Like, I had no idea that an autistic person could work out with such great form, you know? Mm-hmm. Or even do it. I mean, I was in the mindset, oh, you have to provide reinforcement. You do it here's the cookie. You do it, here's yeah. the skin. I mean, Reese was doing this out of pure, like, motivation gotta, for himself. And you've got to think, too, when we were doing those demo days, that was before he's actually really had a really tough, consistent workout, workout program. Because, yeah. again, Will worked with Reese. You know, he was one of the teenagers mm-hmm. who came there. Will and Reese actually were in third grade, pre- pre- I mean, three-year-old preschool together. Aww. So that's how that kind that's of started. Amazing. And then he got his degree in exercise science. But he would come over and he'd, you know, throw a workout together for him and Reese and stuff like that. that. But it wasn't very, very consistent. Mm-hmm. And so when we started, you know, demo days mm-hmm. was before we actually even opened. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so Reese was able to get where he got, you know, just with a just little with, bit. Yeah, with a little bit, yeah. And now we were actually talking to Reese at dinner last night because his sh- his body is changing. His shoulders are getting bigger, you know. He's, his his glutes are dude. He looks yeah. good. He mm-hmm. looks great. So yeah. you know, working out you know three and four days a week, he's and like he's he's getting a man body. He is, and and I mean it's more than so. Yes, he's getting physically fit, which is important for everybody. Why should they not be able to be physically fit? You mm-hmm. know, and but other things too, like a transfer telling Reese to go get something in another room and him going get it is like freaking amazing. Oh, well, like yeah. last last night my husband got the trash out of mm-hmm. the trash can and he tied it up and he laid it in the kitchen floor and 
he went upstairs to change clothes and he goes i'll i'll get that trash in a few minutes when i come down and i i didn't say anything i didn't do anything reese got up from where he was he went over picked up the trash and i was just kind of watching and he went outside threw it in the garbage can came back in my husband came down and he was like Where'd the trash go? And I was, I pointed at Reese, and oh Jeff was God. like, "Are you kidding me?" So it's okay, just that's amazing. It's just those little things mm-hmm. that he saw that his dad had done it. He knew that right. that's and what he had to do. He spent so much time increasing the mind body connection and purposeful movement. Like he's able to he's do able those to things. do that, and it'll only mm-hmm. get better. I'm sure. So. so purposeful movement is key. And is there anything else that you want to leave us with? I'm getting hungry. No, I'm just, I'm <laughs> mad at you for leaving us. Yeah. But um, I'm excited for where you're going to go and to mm-hmm. see what happens with you and yeah. for you to take some of these ideas and I'm sure, spread I'm sure it. I'm sure I'll to, be um, texting you and asking you for Reese's advice. I'm, I'm sure of it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah, can't thank you guys enough for everything you've taught me. Yeah, whenever yeah. y'all want to come back to Atlanta. <laughs> we'll so, see. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but yeah. All right. Lou Blankenship, everybody. Bye. <laughs>